Book Two, Chapter Twenty of Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. Chapter Twenty Ericson Loses to Win. If Mary St. John had been an ordinary woman, and if, notwithstanding, Robert had been in love with her, he would have done very little in preparation for the coming session. But although she now possessed him, although at times he only knew himself as loving her, there was such a mountain air of calm about her, such an outgoing divinity of peace, such a largely moulded harmony of being, that he could not love her otherwise than grandly. For her sake, weary with loving her, he would yet turn to his work and to be worthy of her, or rather, for he never dreamed of being worthy of her, to be worthy of leave to love her, would forget her enough to lay hold of some abstract truth of lines, angles, or symbols. A strange way of being in love, reader? You think so. I would there were more love like it. The world would be centuries nearer its redemption if a millionth part of the love in it were of the sort. All I insist, however, on my reader's believing is that it showed, in a youth like Robert, not less but more love than he could go against love's sweetness for the sake of love's greatness. Literally, not figuratively, Robert would kiss the place where her foot had trod. But I know that once he rose from such a kiss to trace the hyperbola by means of a string. It had been arranged between Ericson and Robert, in Miss Napier's parlour, the old lady knitting beside, that Ericson should start, if possible, a week earlier than usual, and spend the difference with Robert at Rotherden. But then the old lady had opened her mouth and spoken, and I firmly believe the little sign of tenderness passed between them. It was with an elder sister's feeling for Letty's admiration of the landless laird that she said as follows, did not you think, Mr. Ericson, it would be but fair to come to us next time? Mistress Faulkner, honest lady and long have I known her, is no so old a friend to you, Mr. Ericson, as ourselves. Nay offence to her, you know. Anybody cannot be friends to anybody, and as long as another, you know. Deed I'm on the loom, Miss Napier, interposed Robert. It's only fair. You see, Mr. Ericson, I could see as muckle of ye almost the tay way as the other. Miss Napier makes me welcome as well as you. And I will make you welcome, Robert, as long as you're a good lad as ye are, and go on nay after, nay away. But let me hear of your doing as say many young gentlemen do, especially when they're taken up by their rich relations in public house as this is, I'll close the door of it in your face. Bless me, Miss Napier, said Robert. What have I done to set ye at me that gate? Faith, I do not know what ye mean. Nay more do I, laddie. I have naething against ye whatever. Only ye see old folk looks ahead and would fain be as sure of what's to come as what's gone. Ye mount bide for that, I do it, said Robert. Laddie, retorted Miss Napier, ye have more sense nor ye have any right till. Hold the tongue of ye. Mr. Ericson's to come here next. 
and the old lady laughed such a good humour into her stocking sole that the foot destined to wear it ought never to have been cold while it lasted so it was then settled and a week before robert was to start for aberdeen ericson walked into the boar's head half an hour after that crooked comnell was shown into the gale room with the message to mr robert that mr ericson was come and wanted to see him robert pitched hutton's mathematics on to the floor sprang to his feet all but embraced crooked comnell on the spot and was deterred only by the perturbed look the man wore crooked comnell was a very human creature and hadn't a fault but the drink miss napier said and very little of what he would have had if she had been as active as she was willing what's the matter comnell asked robert in considerable alarm ow nathan sir returned campbell what makes you look like that then insisted robert ow nathan but when miss letty cried doing the clothes upon me she had her apron till her eye and i thought something would to be wrong but i had not the heart to spare robert darted to the door and rushed to the inn leaving conal describing iambi on the road behind him when he reached the boar's head there was nobody to be seen he darted up the stair to the room where he had first waited upon ericson three or four maids stood at the door he asked no questions but went in a dreadful fear in his heart two of the sisters and dr gow stood by the bed ericson lay upon it clear-eyed and still his cheek was flushed the doctor looked round as robert entered robert he said you must keep your friend here quiet he's broken a blood vessel walk too much i suppose he'll be all right soon i hope but we can't be too careful keep him quiet that's the main thing he mustn't speak a word so saying he took his leave ericson held out his thin hand robert grasped it ericson's lips moved as if he would speak not spake mr ericson said miss letty whose tears were flowing unheeded down her cheeks not spake we all know what ye mean and what ye want with that then she turned to robert and said in a whisper dr gow would not have ye sent for but i knew weel enough at he would be all the quieter if ye were here just give a knock upon the floor if you want anything, and I'll be with ye in two seconds. The sisters went away. Robert drew a chair beneath the bed, and once more was nursed to his friend. The doctor had already bled him at the arm. Such was the ordinary mode of treatment then. Scarcely was he seated when Ericsson spoke, a smile flickering over his worn face. He said, Do not speak, said Robert in alarm. Do not speak, Mr. Ericsson. Nonsense, returned Ericsson feebly. They're making a work about nothing. I've done as much twenty times since I saw you last, and I'm not dead yet, but I think it's coming. What's coming? asked Robert, rising in alarm. Nothing, answered Ericsson soothingly. Only death. I should like to see Miss St. John once before I die. Do you think she would come and see me if I were really dying? I'm sure she would, but if ye spake like this, Miss Letty will not let me come near ye, no to say her. Oh, Mr. Ericson, if ye die, I sae not care to live. Bethinking himself that such was not the way to keep Ericson quiet, he repressed his emotion, sat down behind the curtain, and was silent. 
Ericson fell fast asleep. Robert crept from the room, and telling Miss Letty that he would return presently, went to Miss St. John. How can I go to Aberdeen without him? he thought as he walked down the street. Neither was a guide to the other, but the questioning of two may give just the needful points by which the parallax of a truth may be gained. Mr. Ericson's here, Miss St. John, he said, the moment he was shown into her presence. Her face flushed. Robert had never seen her look so beautiful. He's very ill, he added. Her face grew pale, very pale. He asked if I thought you would go and see him, that is, if he were going to die. A sunset flush, but faint as on the clouds of the east, rose over her pallor. I will go at once, she said, rising. Nay, nay, returned Robert hastily. It has to be managed. It's no to be done all in a hurry. For one thing, there's Dr. Gow says he mount not speak a word. And for another, there's Miss Letty, who'll just be like a watchdog to hold anybody out or from him. We mom bide or time. But if you say you're gone, then I'll content him with the meantime. I'll tell him. I will go any moment, she said. Is he very ill? I'm afraid he is. I do I'll have to go on to Aberdeen with Orton. A week after, though he was better, his going was out of the question. Robert wanted to stay with him, but he would not hear of it. He would follow in a week or so, he said, and Robert must start fair with the rest of the semis. But all the removal he was ever able to bear was to the red room, the best in the house, opening, as I have already mentioned, from an outside stair in the archway. They put up a great screen inside the door, and there the landless laird lay like a lord. End. Chapter 20